is a dua that Allah Ta'ala has made necessary upon us to ask daily without asking this dua the most fundamental responsibility that lies on us as terms of believers in our duty to Allah Ta'ala which is our salah that salah will not be complete and that is the dua for guidance in Surah Al-Fatiha, which is the Surah of the Qur'an Sharif that we recite in every rakat of every salah. There isn't a single rakat of any salah that goes without the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha. So every day, numerous times a day, we are reciting the Surah. And in the Surah, Allah Ta'ala commences by giving us the prescription of how to beg from Him. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin That extolling the greatness and the praises of Allah Ta'ala That all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala Who is the creator of the universe Who is the nurturer and sustainer of the universe And who is the most beneficent, the most merciful And Maliki Yawmiddin Who is the master of the day of judgment And then we Submit ourselves to Allah Ta'ala Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een Ya Allah, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek assistance from Now this assistance pertains to every single thing that we depend on Allah Ta'ala totally So whether a person wants assistance in his deen obviously in his dunya, in his livelihood in terms of his family life, in terms of his children, in terms of anything. He has to turn to Allah Ta'ala alone. So we are reaffirming this, Iyaka na'bud wa Iyaka nasta'een. Ya Allah, you alone do we worship, because only you are worthy of worship. There is nobody else who has created us, who has had any part and any share in our creation, in sustaining us. You alone sustain us. So Ya Allah, we worship you alone. And we seek assistance from you alone. But then the greatest assistance that we need, and our greatest need beyond anything and everything, mustaqim, Ya Allah, guide us to the state path. Because this is the greatest need of any human being. Everything else, whatever the challenges may be, whatever the difficulties and hardships a person may face in life, whatever problems he might feel are beyond everybody else's problems but all that has a end point 
in terms of the worldly difficulties, the worldly challenges. When a person's life goes, the most difficult illness will be over, the most pressing needs will be gone, the most complicated problems will be over, all his financial difficulties will be no more, but the everlasting life starts at that point. And at that point, his only and main need will be that he has gone with Iman and he has taken his deen along. Because everything else will stay behind. Whatever he had amassed in dunya, all his properties, all his belongings, all his wealth, all his bank balances, all his vehicles, everything will stay behind. And the only thing he will take along is his Iman and his Amal. So when this is going to be the start of that everlasting journey, and this is the only thing that's going to come with, so he needs to have that, that's his greatest need. And when will that journey start? When he will move on to that next station? Only Allah knows. We have no idea, it could be before we leave this masjid. So, when this is our greatest need, so therefore we have to understand that how we are going to get this, where it will come from, what is the procedure, what is the path and the route to gain this. So in this surah, every day we are asking repeatedly for this guidance, al-mustaqim. And Allah Ta'ala gives us the prescription for this guidance in the same surah also. On the one hand, this is the dua that we make in the surah. Repeatedly, every day, every salah, every rakat. And in the very surah, Allah Ta'ala gives us the prescription that you want this, you are asking for it. إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Then how will you get it? So, the next ayat that comes and follows is سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah give us, guide us to the path of those whom you have favored. Now what is the path of guidance? The path of guidance is the path of the Qur'an Sharif, the path of the way of Rasulullah So the very simple way in which this could have been expressed in terms of our understanding would have been Sirat al-Qur'ani wa rasul Ya Allah guide us to the straight path, the path of the Qur'an Sharif, the path of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Allah guide us to this. And that is the reality. That is the state path. There is no other way in which a person will gain salvation but to follow the way of the Quran Sharif and the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But Allah Ta'ala gives it to us in a different wording. Allah guide us to the way of those whom you have favored. The way of people whom are rightly guided. Because this is the natural system in life. The natural system in life is that nobody takes direction and guidance directly from a textbook. That is an aid. He takes direction from a teacher. And in the light of the guidance of a teacher, he then understands what is the textbook all about. And whoever has tried to take it directly from a textbook without a teacher, he has never been given any kind of endorsement anyway. Nobody who wants to build a house goes to an engineer who says, I merely studied on my own. And I studied more books than any engineer. And there is nothing left for me to read in terms of engineering. But he didn't go through the system of studying through tutors. He didn't get endorsed by any expert of the field. Nobody wants to take a chance with him that to have this person design the structure of his house, 
is actually maybe designing his graveyard because that might collapse on his head. Nobody goes to any heart surgeon who says he's a heart surgeon by self-study. That he's got everything at his disposal more than any books that any heart surgeon has studied, he has studied. But he never went through a tutor. He never learns from people. So nobody wants to take a chance with him. And in that manner, any field in life, nobody, let alone a heart surgeon, is far away. They don't want to take the advice of somebody who claims to be a doctor, who claims to have learned medicine on his own. He didn't get endorsed anywhere. He didn't learn from tutors. So don't, don't want to take a simple tablet from him also because you don't know this person is taking a chance. So this is a natural system in life. So when these things which are of minimal impact, at the most, a person's life in dunya will go. That's the most. If you took a chance with the wrong person. So when this is the case in terms of the aspects of worldly life, that we don't take chances with somebody who has merely learned the textbook on his own, hasn't learned from people. What about that which is going to affect our everlasting life? And the passport to Jannah is nothing but Iman. Without Iman, and Iman in the way that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to accept Iman, without that is perpetual doom and destruction. So this Iman, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the way to how to acquire the correct Iman. Allah guide us to the straight path and the path of whom? the path of people and who are these people who Allah Ta'ala has saved? in another ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives this explanation in the Quran Sharif that those whom you have favored from among the prophets and the messengers of Allah Ta'ala but that line of messengership finished off with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he was the last and final Nabi. No Nabi to follow after him. So will this mean that the line of guidance is over? No. Minan Nabiyeen was Siddiqeen. Thereafter the way of the Siddiqeen. Who are the Siddiqeen? Those who Allah Ta'ala has favored with the complete adherence to the way of the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala. And complete obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So the Siddiqeen are those who have that rank after the Anbiya Ali Musalat Wasalam. And these people and personalities will continue till Qiyamah. Min al-Nabiyyin wa siddiqeen wa shuhada'i wa salihin. Now all these are people, siddiqeen, the shuhada, the martyrs, and the salihin, the righteous. Every rakat of every salah we are asking Allah Ta'ala, Allah guide us to the way of these people, to the way of the righteous, to the way of the siddiqeen. Because this is the only way to salvation. And this is the way that Nabi Islam laid the foundation from the beginning. It's obvious as we discussed that the way to salvation is the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah But how to understand it correctly will be through people who understood it via this unbroken chain. Nabi Islam in his lifetime, he said that if I'm not around, فَاقْتَدُوا بِالَّذَيْنِ مِنْ بَعْدِي Abi Bakrin wa Umar. Then you follow the two personalities who have the highest rank after me. Abu Bakr and Umar. And then he broadened it that after that, Tamasaku bi sunnati wa sunnati al khulafa'ir rashidin al mahdiyin. Then hold on to the way of my rightly guided khulafa. Before rightly guided khulafa, Nabi Islam already prophesied this that they will be this rightly guided khulafa that will come, you follow their way. And then broader than that, Ashabi kan nujum. 
all my sahaba are like guiding stars and you follow any one of them you'll be rightly guided now all the time the beast awesome is re-emphasizing the aspect of following people who have gained this guidance and a person who follows in the footsteps of pe- there's nobody who has as we stated learned purely from a textbook without a teacher so therefore this has always been the way that a person will understand the Quran Sharif correctly will understand the guidance of the Sunnah correctly through the guidance of people who have understood it from people who all the way up to Rasulullah and somebody who decided to do his own thing then has always erred anybody right from the beginning of time decided to do his own thing he always went off what was the intended path when the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed Allah gives the order of fasting that when was this fast to commence person may eat and drink at night and then he must start his fast off so Allah says حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْتُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْتِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ that when the black thread becomes visible to you from the white thread you can distinguish between the two now you commence the fast now this ayat was revealed as soon as one person heard it so that night it was already Ramadan so he now placed one black thread and one white thread alongside each other and now he is waiting in the morning but now the issue about being able to distinguish between the black thread and the white thread this is not going to be something constant in terms of weather conditions one day it is overcast it's very very cloudy so the light will only become visible maybe very very late in the day whereas it's already dawn so now this person carried on trying to see he couldn't make out until it was already way into the day the next morning he came to Rasulullah and explained to him that this is what happened the Quran Sharif says when you can distinguish between the white and the black thread I couldn't you missed the point this is a figurative expression it means the darkness of the night and the light of day when true dawn appears when the true dawn appears that is the moment the fast starts it doesn't refer to literally putting a white thread and a black thread but now this is the way the Quran Sharif expressed it in its eloquent manner but the lesson in this is that from day one from the time the Sahaba Ikram were receiving this knowledge of the Quran Sharif they had to keep referring to Rasulullah for the explanation and this is part of the portfolio of Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala says وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ ذِكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِ that we have revealed this Quran Sharif to you so that you will explain you will explain to the people what has been revealed to them they will not take their own chances you will explain to them, you will give them the explanation and that explanation will then be carried forward now anybody who tries to do his own thing, he is going to go way off the track one person it was the time of some battle this was after the time of Rasulullah when the Tabi'een and many Sahaba were present as well so one person ran to the thick of the battle of the enemy lines and he began fighting very bravely and then eventually he became a martyr and a shaheed so somebody now quoted an ayat from the Muslim lines and it's very easy to quote ayats somebody who knows some verses of the Quran Sharif willy nilly will just quote it anywhere 
And then somebody who is hearing it, because one ayat of the Quran was quoted, so everything becomes perfect. But is this the right place that the ayat is quoted? Is this the correct meaning he's giving? So he quoted one ayat. Don't throw yourselves into destruction. Look at this person. He's going against this ayat. Uh, he quoted an ayat and he's giving an opinion and he's supporting that opinion with an ayat whereas the two don't fit at all. But who would know the better? So Abu Ayyub Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was the host of Rasulullah when he reached Madinah Munawwara. So he says, hold on, don't make your own interpretations. Don't distort the meaning of the Quran Sharif. And this is unfortunately what is happening up to this day and age. The people who think they know better, just give any explanation and distort the Quran Sharif. He says, just hold on, hold on, don't give your own interpretations. We were the people who were present when this ayat was revealed. And this ayat was revealed regarding us, the Ansar. That when we were totally involved in the assistance of Nabi Wasallam after he came to Madinah Munawwara, we neglected our farms, our orchards, and all our other work we neglected completely because we had dedicated ourselves to the service of Nabi Wasallam, And there were so many issues that had come up and the kuffar were constantly trying to attack us and we were all the time busy in this defense and eventually time came when things settled and now the muslims gained the upper hand and besides that there were huge numbers of people that come into islam so we among ourselves some ansar we merely just this thought came through us that now that islam has strengthened the numbers have grown the needs are not as much as they were initially. So now maybe we can divert our attention a bit to our farms and our orchards and so on. This is now in a state of great neglect. So because they were Ansar, they were Sahaba, they were people of a very high caliber. Allah Ta'ala wanted them to remain on that stage, in that position. And this little bit of discussion about DVA, of just redirecting their attention partly towards enhancing their dunya Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat that your thoughts now that you are going to now start paying attention more to your dunya this is throwing yourself into destruction He rectified this misinterpretation and this distortion that what you are talking about is something else it doesn't apply where this ayat was revealed, revealed to us regarding us one person was traveling in a plane and there was another person sitting next to him so they got into conversation both Muslims eventually the meals came along now this was an airline that doesn't cater for anything halal and it was known to both parties that this airline has got nothing to do with anything halal in any case the meal came along so this person who could speak Arabic very fluently eloquent in his Arabic language now this meal came he opened it and he started eating and it was some meat person seated next to him now they had become a little familiar with each other during the course of the journey they asked him how are you eating this this is haram we know both of us know that this airline doesn't cater for anything halal he says what do you mean is haram now as we said to quote an ayat is quote from anywhere now knowing Arabic is one thing but knowing what the Quran Sharif is really saying that will come from this chain from the Sahaba Ikram coming down so he said what do you mean is haram 
Allah Ta'ala says, Eat from that which you have taken the name of Allah Ta'ala upon it. The name of Allah Ta'ala is taken upon something is halal. So when I opened this packet, I said, Bismillah, what more I want? So now if there was carrion in there, somebody had, forget slaughter an animal, he just died his own death, or a fire worshipper, he just killed it, or whatever, some carrion is in there, then to read Bismillah, will become halal then, in terms of his argument. Now this is a complete distortion. What this ayat means is, that eat from that animal which was slaughtered, with the name of Allah Ta'ala, fulfilling the conditions of slaughter. Then only eat from that animal, don't eat from any other animal, which wasn't slaughtered correctly. Where he applied it, open anything, or you put your hand into any food, just read Bismillah, it's fine. Allah forbid, then he will eat the most filthiest of things also. He'll eat pork also, and he'll want to read Bismillah on it. And a person reads Bismillah on something haram as that, his iman will go. But now where did this come from? That the person decided to divorce this link. And this is something which is the plot of the enemies of Islam. More than 20 years ago, there was an article in a magazine called The Economist. And over 40-50 pages of that article titled Islam in the West. And in the cause of that article, one of the things that was mentioned is that we have to get the Muslims to come to terms with the West. And there are certain things that they will have to come to, they will have to compromise on. This is the gist of it. And there were three things in, mainly mentioned in that. One was that they are shunning interests. We need to break this. That they are shunning interests, they don't want to touch interests. We need to break this. This has to become part of their economic system as well. However it happens. Now, let us reflect again. When this was written, this is not just something that is written for past time. It's a plan of action. This is an action plan, which is then followed up. So, the one aspect was interest, and as with time going, recently there was a court case in Pakistan, and in that the judge, now a Muslim judge sitting in a Muslim country, making the remark, whatever the case was about, but it had something to do with some interest issue, and then he says that we are living in a different time and age now, and therefore the scholars need to revisit this, and in the time that we are living in, this is something that needs to be legalized. Now this is the total distortion where it started off from and these are the agents of shaitan sitting on these chairs wanting to legalize what Allah Ta'ala has made haram. But this is where the plan started from and the people will be used who have Muslim names. So one was interest, the other was woman. That woman must come into the economic field. Why are we keeping them back at home? The Muslims are shunning this of bringing the woman into the workplace, this must break down. Every Muslim woman also must be in the workplace. Why? So that then you'll have commercialized upbringing. Who's going to look after the children then? So they'll be in daycare centers. And commercialized upbringing will bring up, up, bring up commercialized children. Then they won't even know the value of their parents. And when those parents get old, just as they were in daycare when they were small, their parents would be in old care when they are old. Because this is commercialized children. The parents kept them in daycare, they'll keep them in total care. They'll, parents paid for their care, they'll pay for the parents' care. Caring for the parents, that will be something far away from their minds and hearts. Now, and then besides that, the fitna that will take place, 
And when children grow up in commercialized care, there's no tarbiyat, there's no nurturing. So they don't grow up with values. When they don't grow up with values, the only thing that ticks in their life is money and wealth and dunya. Akhirat is something far away from their hearts and minds. And then the third thing that was discussed, which is, we'll finish off on this, that this monopoly, as they call it, now as we said right at the beginning, this is a natural system, that a person always learns from a teacher. But now they make it, and give it big words, this monopoly of the scholars needs to be broken. Every adult, could, he possesses independent judgment. So the interpretation of the Quran must not be in the hands of it, an elite. Every person must have the right to interpret the Quran. And how will he interpret it? Like the person sitting in that aircraft. That read Bismillah and open any haram, it will become halal. That's what he'll do then. Now this is the plan to break down deen, but how? In all these fancy languages. So we need to protect and safeguard our Iman. We need to protect and safeguard our deen. And the only way this has happened is via the people who have learned this deen correctly in this unbroken chain right up to Rasulullah sallam. Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi in his Bukhari Sharif, he quotes the student of Abdullah bin Abbas So Imam Bukhari is quoting it to give us this lesson. And he says, نَقْتَدِي بِمَنْ قَبْلَنَا وَيَقْتَدِي بِنَا مَنْ بَعْدَنَا That we will follow and we follow those who, who were before us, the sahaba kiram Those who come after us will follow us. Because we learned the correct deen and we'll pass it on to them. And this is the chain that will go right till Qiyamah. So a person wants to be rightly guided, he cannot afford to take chances. And unfortunately every other day there's a new book, there's some new thing coming out on the market and very nicely will be presented in a way that is very very appealing, very enthralling, very engaging. But what is the reality of it? The reality is what we've just discussed about the distortion. Why? Because the Sahaba already cut out of the equation. All the Aimai Mujtahideen, the Imams of the times cut out of the equation. All the scholars of Deen cut out of the equation. You do what you want now. I've done what I want, you do what you want. That is the sum total of it. And this is the sure way to deviation. We want to gain Jannah directly without any difficulties. The path Allah Ta'ala has given us is Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim. The path of those whom Allah Ta'ala has favored from the Nabiyeen, the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada and Salihin. Allah Ta'ala keep us on this path and take us on this path. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.